Welcome to the Scotsman Podcast, powered by KSLSports.com. I am your host, Matthew Glade, and uh, much like the uh, Utah State Aggies on Saturday night, my thoughts, my expectations, my preconceived notions about the uh, Utah State football team were rocked. That was a, that was a rough one. That was a rough one to watch. That was a that was a BYU team firing on every cylinder. Uh, catching a Utah State team that was not firing on every cylinder. They haven't been firing on every cylinder for a couple of weeks now, and they exposed a lot of Utah State's problems. If you happen to listen to the Cougar Tracks podcast this week, I jumped on there with Mitch Harper, and we talked about the game. And Leading up to it, I said that the Air Force game was kind of a microcosm of everything that was going wrong with the Aggies. They... They couldn't win the time of possession battle. They haven't done that a lot this season, mostly because they run the up-tempo offense, and the up-tempo offense is great if you're scoring points. Unfortunately, the Aggies are not scoring points. They're not putting the ball in the end zone, and they're turning the ball over. So when you do that, you're putting the defense right back on the field. When uh, Air Force has 40-plus minutes of time of possession, uh, maybe rethink the up-tempo offense, maybe make some adjustments. Same thing happened here every time the Aggies. The Aggies did do a better job of sustaining drives in this game, but five turnovers. Every time they did put a drive together, they would turn the ball over, whether it was a Jordan Love interception or uh, a fumble. Much like the Air Force game, BYU was able to expose problems with Utah State. One thing Utah State did do a lot better in this game was third down conversions. Um, Coming into the game, they were 36%. Almost 37%. If you want to round up, if you want to be the optimist and round up, it was 37%. They were able to up their uh, percentage for the season up to 40% by converting 9 of 16 third downs. But again, they weren't able to get off. They weren't, they weren't able to get off the field, their defense, because they allowed BYU to convert 6 of 11. They allowed 639 total yards of offense. Now, in my position at KSL, uh, one of the benefits is is I get to watch everything. Um, I get to watch every game. I get to watch every team play. I apologize for that pause. I got a text right in the middle of it. Um, so unprofessional of me. Um, so I've watched this BYU team. I've watched every game. I've watched every single second, every play. They have looked like a completely different team the last two weeks. Uh, their offense plays a lot better. Um, their defense is much more aggressive. They're playing up to the potential and the talent that they actually do have, uh, whether you want to admit that or not. And Utah State was in the unfortunate position of catching them when they're on the uh, uptick. And Utah State's on the downtick. And that would, the, those two things meeting together, it, it spelled the uh, 10-game win streak at Maverick Stadium uh, coming to an end. Uh, it, it was a... Uh, it was rough. It, that was a that was a. I'm I'm interested to see how Utah State mentally bounces back from that one because that game can do a lot to destroy your confidence. It's a little different 
than, let's say, the LSU game, which I was also at, which was absolutely a debilitating loss. Uh, but you can come back from that saying, yeah, that's arguably the best team in the country that we win against who has players on their third string that would start for, you know, any G5 school right now uh, with the way they are playing that brand of football. With BYU, it's a team that's been so up and down, uh, a team that's lost to Toledo, South Florida, also beaten Tennessee, USC, and Boise State the week previous. So you didn't know. It it was hard to get a beat on them coming into this game, and it it looks like they are on the upswing. They're one of the more bipolar teams I've watched in uh, recent history, as long as I've been in this profession. Sometimes, uh, Sometimes teams are hard to figure out, and this particular BYU team was very hard to figure out, and... This Utah State team has become more and more clear to figure out. They're, whether it's play calling, whether it's lack of depth uh, talent-wise, um, whether it's just a change in the entire coaching staff in general, um, whether it's preseason hype leading up to this season um, and trying to match expectations, uh, they have not performed well. They're not playing well. They're a very average team right now with the way they're playing. An average, maybe they're a little below average with the way they're playing. Uh, they 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 can't stop the run, uh, which they did very well the first month of the season. I, I mentioned it numerous times on this podcast how how impressive I thought it was that they stopped the run, especially against uh, teams like Wake Forest and San Diego State, who rely on their run game. They played them very well and held them to under three yards per carry. Uh, the last few weeks, that has not been the case. Did the uh, did the slide start at the LSU game? I don't think so. I think I think the signs of what this Utah State team has become right now have been there from the beginning. Uh, but it is easy, especially the first month of the season. At least for me personally, I tend not to make any conclusions about anything I see from a team. Uh, by the end of October, going into November. You are who you are. Whatever the results are from game to game, if there is a trend at that point, seven, eight, nine games in, that is what you do. And one thing Utah State does is they don't stop the run, and they especially don't get pressure on the quarterback. They're also not scoring touchdowns at the clip that they need to be. Jordan Love only has 11 passing touchdowns. He has 12 interceptions. That was not what we expected coming into this season. Jordan... Jordan Nathan said in the post game that many of us from the outside looking in don't understand what's going on, whether it's a receiver messing up his route or the offensive lineman missing assignments and forcing Jordan to throw when he didn't when he wasn't expecting to throw or, or early or off balance. There are a number of things. Uh, I would say that those do play a part, but I would also I'm not going to totally absolve Jordan Love. But his performance has been, uh, his performance has been, his performance has been subpar to the standard in which we have seen Jordan Love play in the past. And it's hard to get a bead on what exactly is going on. I have a hard time from the interactions I've had and from the players and coaches I have talked to on 
whether it's Utah State or opposing, I, I, I don't feel like Jordan's the kind of guy that buys into his own hype. Um, that uh, all the smoke that was being blown up this team's butt during the offseason, by me included, I was one of the guys doing it, for sure. Uh, I, I, I have a hard time believing that he would let that get to him, just like I said, for the interactions I've had, he, his personality type doesn't seem that way, but maybe that is playing a part. I, I tend to not think that. Uh, I think in experience along the offensive line, there were a couple plays, especially when some of the blitzing schemes that BYU sent at them, and that is 100% Kalani Sataki calling that defense now. That looks a lot like the way Utah used to call defenses um, in the past. And... Um, I'm not going to go off on a tangent on who I think is calling plays at BYU now, but I know it's not the same people that were calling plays at the beginning of the season. That's for sure. Uh, they were. It was very apparent that they could not. They could not adjust. They didn't know what was going on. They had their number when it came to the pass rush, pass rush game, and I think that has played a part. I think that's played a part in a number of games, especially a team like Air Force, who's not known to uh, pressure a quarterback so to speak. That's not their game. Uh, Jordan Love was out of rhythm during that game, too. I don't think... Here's the thing. I, I'm trying not to go nuclear here and say that the season is over. But when you look at the remaining schedule, it is not easy. And they are going to have a tough time getting bowl eligible in 2019. Let's look at who they have left. They are at Fresno State this Saturday. Average team, but it's on the road. You never know. Wyoming, playing great football. They get them here at Maverick Stadium. But after the BYU game, I'm not so sure that matters. Uh, They also get Boise State here at Maverick Stadium. Boise State doesn't look as invincible. They were a bit of a, I don't want to say fraud, but I think a little bit of smoke and mirrors early on in the season. I, with the teams they beat. I don't think they beat anybody substantial. Um, they've beaten Air Force. So that's, I mean, I, based on what I saw from Air Force, that's not a bad, that is not a bad win at all. Are they beatable? Absolutely. If if Utah State, that's the thing, is Utah State has the talent to turn this around. Um, whether they will or not, I, I'm not sure. This is This is completely mental for them because I think, they can win they can win out they have the talent to win out i'm inclined to think that they will not uh i i don't see them beating wyoming and boise state with the way they are playing now they finish the season at new mexico that is a very winnable game but if they go 1 and 3 which is a which is a possibility to end the season they're only going to have 4 wins 5 wins pardon me my math's off Five wins, and that's not bowl eligible. They have to win two. They have to win two of the next four. I am one of those people that doesn't like throwing out the term must win, but Fresno is an absolute must win. They have to win that game this Saturday if they're going to get bowl eligible. I have a hard time seeing a path for them to be to get to a bowl game if they do not win at Fresno this Saturday. And with that, let's take a look at Fresno. Let's do a little, uh, let's do a little side-by-side with Utah State and Fresno State. Coming into this game, they're a bit of a mirror image of each other, I think. Both teams with higher preseason expectations haven't exactly 
performed the way that we thought they would. Fresno State, uh, they did play USC and they did play Minnesota very well. Minnesota still undefeated right now. They played those teams very close and very well, but in Mountain West play, they haven't been they haven't been world beaters. Like I thought they might be. Uh, I thought they would be a little bit better than they have been. They've been very inconsistent, to say the least. But they are scoring 34 points per game, uh, seven more points than the Aggies uh, per game. And so 34 touchdowns total. Uh, The one thing that they're struggling with, much like Utah State, is their third down conversions. They are where Utah State was last week. They were only at 36%. So I think there is uh, an opportunity there to keep that team uh, off that offense off the field. Uh, their rushing game, that's going to be the big test for Utah State. It's another team that's averaging 180 yards per game. Uh, they already have 20 rushing touchdowns, so they they don't have a lot of depth behind their running back right now. I mean, their second leading rusher is a wide receiver. So I think this is a very winnable game for Utah State as long as the Aggies learn how to tackle this week in practice. Uh, I've gone this long without even mentioning the tackling. Uh, it's not good. Gary Anderson said it's not good. They said it was their fault, the coaching staff, for not teaching their kids how to tackle. It's amazing to me how bad it's gotten over the course of a season because it's gotten pro- progressively worse from game to game. Air Force was really bad. Louisiana, uh, LSU, I almost called them Louisiana State. No one calls them Louisiana State. LSU was particularly bad, but again, it's, it's, it's always hard to uh, take anything away from that. I, and BYU was uh, atrocious absolutely awful there's a lot of expletives i'd like to put in front of the word awful with how bad that tackling was so what do i think will happen this weekend i'm going to be optimistic and i'm going to say that the utah state wins but no it is not coming from a confident place inside my soul so we will see this saturday all right well today is tuesday it's 3:24 p.m i am uh, preparing to go up to utah state this evening to the spectrum to watch the Aggies in their first basketball game. But before I start talking about them, let's take a quick break. I actually don't have any commercials or anything to plug here. No advertising because no one pays me to do this podcast outside of KSL, just my normal pay. So I'm going to promote our website, kslsports.com. There is no local website in the state that promotes more of our local sports than kslsports.com. So if you like following teams like the Utah Jazz, the Utah State Aggies, or if you're a BYU fan or Utah fan or Weber State fan that happens to be listening to the Scotsman podcast right now, I would encourage you to go to kslsports.com. It's where you can download this podcast, The Scotsman, or a number of different podcasts that are great, like Sports Beat After Hours, hosted by KSL Sports producers Zach Hicken and Hemahey Mooley, or Cougar Tracks, hosted by BYU insider Mitch Harper. There is a plethora of content on our website for any sports fan in the state. Once again, that's kslsports.com, who also powers the Scotsman podcast. Welcome back. Like I said before going into the break, I'm heading up to Logan tonight to see the Utah State basketball team. The number 17 ranked Utah State Aggies take on Montana State tonight. I'm excited to see this team. There will be no Nemish Keita playing tonight. Uh, it was reported earlier that um, it, it is indeed a uh, knee injury that he will be out for an undisclosed amount of time. But that was kind of already floating around. Everybody kind of knew that. It was kind of the worst-kept secret there is. It's, it doesn't appear to be anything serious. I saw him down at the sidelines of the Utah State game, and he seemed to be moving around uh, 
pretty easily like a normal person would walk around. It didn't seem like he uh, had much problems with his knees there. So um, I'm purely speculative thinking it's not going to be very serious, nor will he be out very long. But uh, we will see Sam Merrill, Abel Porter, Diego Brito, Justin Bean, the Bean Machine, all uh, all back on. Oh, Brock Miller, the sharpshooter, uh, all on the court tonight. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, what this Utah State will do. We uh, uh, we won't be able to tell much. Um, it's a Montana State, you know. It's Montana State, so uh, I'm, I'm more excited about the Weber State game on Friday night. Uh, it's a little bit more of a test to see because Randy Ray has always got a great program, a program that's given Utah State problems in the past. So before this week kicked off officially for the regular season, I wanted to give you a uh, some of my predictions for the upcoming season, uh, mostly schedule wise. So <clears throat> let's take a look at let's take a look at the month of November right off the bat. So we have Montana State tonight. I see that as a win. Weber State win. Uh, the next. Three games after that, Denver, North Carolina AT, uh, UTSA, I all see as wins. I think I think their first loss will come against LSU. Uh, that'll be a, a, a I think their first I think their first loss will come against LSU. That will be a, a very tough game for them. Um, I think it's one where especially if Kate is not back by then. Uh, I, I have a hard time seeing them winning that game. North Texas win, St. Mary's. They're going to go up to St. Mary's. I think they're going to come away with a win, so I see them coming out of November with a 7-1 and record. So into December we go. They have their first conference game, San Jose State. I see that as a win. Then Fresno State also win. St. Catherine, they better win that game. Although Catherine, a beautiful name, and also a good friend of mine named Catherine. And uh, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, they play St. Catharines. That's 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 the point of that, and they should win. BYU in the Beehive Classic. Yes, I think they will win that game. Uh, I do not think it'll be like last year. Last year's game, I, I'm still, especially seeing that BYU team. I'm still. It, it's just one of those weird throwaway games when you know Nick Emery came back. There was a different energy in that building, and Utah State couldn't make a shot, and BYU couldn't miss a shot. So I, I don't think that uh, that will happen this year. I think uh, BYU, Utah State will take care of business against BYU, although Mark Pope is a is a fantastic coach. Uh, he's done great things at UVU, and I and I expect the Cougars to be a, uh, a fun team to watch, and uh, they will be a tough challenge, but I do think Utah State comes away with a win. I think they will uh, beat South Florida. I think they will lose... At Florida, I think they will beat Eastern Oregon and end the month of December 6-1. and one, And the 2019 portion of their schedule, they will end 13-2 and two, coming into the new year and coming into the heart of conference play. And let's see. How will they do in conference? Well, I have them winning their first eight conference games. So it'll go UNLV, San Diego State, Air Force, Nevada, Boise State, Air Force, Colorado State, Wyoming, with their first loss coming at San Diego State. That's not necessarily, I think San Diego State's great. I think it's more of a schedule loss because they're playing at San Diego State. Um, I think it'll just be one of those things won't go well type of games and Utah State will lose. Uh, But then they will come back and they will win their next six in a row, UNLV Boise State, Colorado State, Fresno State, Wyoming, San Jose State. They finished the season at New Mexico 
And I'm going to give them a loss in this game for right now, only because I think they will have the conference wrapped up. And we all know what it's like to play in New Mexico. Now, if it's like last season and they need the win in their final road game, like at Colorado State, to clinch the conference, I will probably change that to a win. So I'm going to leave that kind of fluid right now. But with the way I see things going this season for their schedule, uh, I expect that game to be a loss for the Aggies. So they will finish conference 14-2. and I think they will be the Mountain West champs. I think they will win the tournament. I think they'll win the tournament pretty easily. I don't think the talent in the Mountain West this year is as high as it's been in the past. I think there's going to be some drop-off with teams. I think Boise State will be good. Uh, but around the conference in general, I think Utah State is going to dominate this conference this season. So they will end the season 27-3 and overall. I think they'll end up, just based on the timing of their losses and everything, I think the highest they'll finish in any poll is 11 or 12. I don't think they are going to break into the top 10. Uh, unfortunately, I think I, I think it's just one of those uh, one of those. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things with Utah State basketball. They just uh, they never get much love in the polls. Although starting number 17 is a bit of a surprise to me in the AP pool. It's very good. I mean, it, what? It's only the third time in the history of the school they've they've ever started a preseason poll in the top 20. Last time they did it, I believe, was 1970. So this team has a lot of talent. They have a lot of expectations. This is the polar opposite of last year coming into the season where we had a new head coach in Craig Smith, and they were picked to finish last. So they're going to get everybody's most cliche thing in the world. They're going to get everybody's best shot, but that is a real thing. The Aggies have a senior, Sam Merrill, a preseason All-American, a guy that's on the watch list for the Wooden Award, the Naismith Award, and every single award you can think of that comes in college basketball. He's, was it Jeff Goodman I'm thinking of that had him as the fifth best college basketball player in the country? People have taken notice of Sam Merrill. Senior Sam Merrill is going to be a force. He is, without a doubt, the best college player in this state. His teammate is going to be the best NBA player from the state that is playing currently. But he, right now, will be the best player of the state, and he will be the best player of the state at the end of the season. I think... Another top three player of the state plays down at BYU. I think the three best players are from Utah State and BYU. Sorry, Utah, you've got a lot of freshmen and a lot of inexperience. I think um, I think you've got some talent there, but I don't think it's top-end talent yet. It's unproven. So maybe at the end of the season, something will change my mind. I'm not sure. But uh, Sam Merrill, um, I think he'll win Mountain West Player of the Year, and I think Cato uh, will repeat his defensive player of the year. And I think uh, Smith will win coach of the year. I, I think it'll be a queen, clean sweep. I don't think there's uh, anybody who can match the Aggies right now. I think the most improved player for this team will be Diogo Burrito. I think he's going to step up his game. I think he's going to average between 15 and 20 points a game. I, th- I think he's going to make that kind of leap this season. Uh, Justin Bean obviously is the... Uh, the popular pick for that. And I, and I think sophomore Justin Bean is going to be an absolute beast. He was a beast as a freshman. I think another year of experience, I think a little added muscle after an off season of training will, will make him even better. Uh, Brock Miller and Abel Porter, they will be, they will be solid, solid players. Again, Brock Miller, we get sophomore Brock Miller this year, had a great first half of the season, 
cooled off a little bit, but still had some great games down the stretch. It's nice to have so many guys that can spread the floor for this team, especially with a guy like Keita in the middle. And the Aggies have a couple of junior transfers that I'm uh, intrigued by. Marco Anthony uh, comes from Virginia, played on the national championship team. When it comes to transfers, having a guy come from a program like Virginia, especially when they won the championship, they bring a culture with them, which is nice. Uh, I don't think there's any Utah State culture problems at all, but it, especially watching a team like Virginia who's very team-oriented, I think a player like Marco Anthony is uh, a good guy to bring in, Whether it, even if he doesn't play a minute. Um, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be nice to have him on the team. Alfonso Anderson... Another uh, interesting prospect, uh, Sean Berstow, the uh, the Australian. I haven't seen too much of him outside of the dunk contest they had at the uh, the fan night. Um, but if that's any um, indication of the six eight guard, then uh, then I'm excited. Um, if nothing else, I mean, if if he's not able to play major minutes, um, he's going to be able to throw down some spectacular dunks in garbage time. This team is going to be a lot of fun. It's the second year of Craig Smith. I mean, to see what the players did under just one year of Craig Smith was fun. And now you get most of those players back in the second year of his system. I think this team is going to be wildly entertaining, even if it's in losses, which I don't think there's going to be many of them. I think they're going to go toe-to-toe. And even with the losses that I said, the LSU was in the Floridas. I don't think it's going to be like years past, um, especially under the... uh, the moral era when um, they would win 30 games, but the minute, whether it was in the first month of the season or if it was in the tournament, they played any anyone from a big conference. They they looked completely outmatched. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think I think they have the talent to compete with those type of teams. Um, what and it wouldn't shock me if they beat them, but you can't win all the games. You just can't. And I do think that. Uh, those will be that you know there will be some losses that is what i'm trying to say in the most ineloquent way possible is there's going to be some losses no matter how talented this team is no matter how well they're coached you have to expect you have to expect some losses and we've seen it this year with the football team is we build the expectations and i'm building the expectations right now by predicting 27 wins but that's just me looking at the schedule and looking at the talent of this team and saying yeah i see 27 wins there however it's probably not going to be that high there are going to be losses. There are probably going to be some head-scratching losses. And the important thing is, especially in basketball, don't panic. You know, if they if they lose a throwaway game here in the first two months, if they lose at St. Mary's, that doesn't mean they suck. That doesn't mean they're not going to win the Mountain West. If they lose, If they lose to Fresno State in the second conference game of the season, it doesn't mean they suck. Maybe Fresno's better than we expect. So, temper expectations... Now that I've thoroughly fanned the flames of your fandom with 27 win expectations, I sound like the biggest hypocrite right now. Uh, And if nothing else, just enjoy this team and enjoy Craig Smith, because if he continues to have success, we might not have Craig Smith for that much longer. Um, And enjoy Sam Merrill's senior year. It's a lot of fun. Uh, When I was in school, uh, I was there for the entire J.C. Carroll uh, era. It was just fun to experience um, that team, to have fun, even though, you know, they did have some losses and, you know, they didn't win a tournament game or anything like that. They were just, they were fun teams to watch. And this team is going to be just ridiculously fun. I'll say it again. 
that's just going to be a lot of fun. So with that, I'm going to end the po- end the podcast. Thank you again for listening to The Scotsman. And uh, if you have any other sports interests, be sure to listen to um, a number of the other podcasts we have on kslsports.com. And to come to kslsports.com for any of your local sports content needs, we have it all. So once again, thanks for stopping by the podcast where the sagebrush grows.